Thank you guys for tuning in to today's show with my man, Dr. Mike Hart. Uh, Dr. Mike Hart is somebody that I've been following for some time. He's been on the Joe Rogan Experience, and he's got a lot to say about alternative medicine, functional medicine, family medicine, as well as a deep history and knowledge of cannabis from all forms of THC to CBD to other cannabinoids and terpenes found within the plant. We take a deep dive into a lot of the medical benefits and uses of cannabis on this show today. Lots of good stuff. Uh, I put him through a gnarly workout at the house. I had him over in the garage. We just finished out the garage gym and we got to do some hypoxic training with the uh, altitude mask and the Concept 2 gear and uh, and some other fun stuff. But he was <laughs> he was put through the ringer. So on the podcast, if you're watching this, um, uh, you definitely see him break a little sweat <laughs> as we get going. And I mentioned the workout we did, which was hard by my standards for sure. But you know, he's got a good physique. He does jujitsu, so why not push the envelope a little bit? Uh, I had a, a really good time with Dr. Mike Hart, and I learned a lot from him. He's, he's definitely going to be a guy who comes back on the show in the future. There's a number of ways you can support this show. Click subscribe. That way you never miss an episode. Also, leave us a five-star rating with one or two ways the show has helped you out in life. And also go to kingsboo.com. That's my website. Many, many of you know that I'm off social media now, so that is one way we can stay connected. There's a contact form there. Uh, all you have to do is leave your email for me and I will send you one monthly newsletter that's going to describe anything and everything that I'm learning in life from experiences I have coaching people in fit for service and in the inner circle to books that I'm reading, psychedelic experiences and downloads I get from the entheogenic substances that I take. All the good stuff is there. And like I said, once a month max, I'm not going to fucking flood your emails. I have a hideous amount of fucking emails that I deal with on a daily basis that have now, through essentialism, gone down to a twice a week basis. So uh, many of these lessons have been talked about in the newsletter and you can get them all. And, and uh, if you enjoyed my posts on Instagram or Twitter or anything else, you can find out there in the newsletter so much more. So kingsboo.com for that. Also support our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Grass-Fed Colostrum by Ancestral Supplements. Ancestral Supplements makes New Zealand-sourced nose-to-tail organ meats, bone marrow, and colostrum in simple, convenient gelatin capsules. There are many ancestral records of praise given for colostrum throughout history. For thousands of years, Ayurvedic practitioners have used colostrum for its healing benefits, and in India, cows are still considered sacred animals. Hieroglyphic texts show that colostrum was used by the ancient Egyptians as well. There is a well-known image of Hathor, the cow goddess, and symbol of rebirth, where she is depicted suckling the pharaoh, offering her colostrum as the elixir of metamorphosis to confer immortality upon the king. That's pretty fucking cool. Every mammal's birthright is to receive colostrum as our first food. Colostrum, which is the mother's first milk, is the fundamental nourishment that provides all the essentials to thrive as a healthy animal in nature. It is loaded with immune factors, growth factors, and protective proteins. It is not only essential to mammals in the wild, but its powerful immune and growth factors help us to build and maintain a robust immune system and support gut growth and repair. Visit ancestralsupplements.com to see what they can do for you. Ancestral supplements, putting back in what the modern world has left out. And if you use code word KING10 at checkout, you're going to get 10% off everything in the store. As long as you use their Shopify, if you order through the Amazon link, you will not get the 10% off, but order on the website, ancestralsupplements.com. Use code word KING10 for their Shopify and you get 10% off everything in the store. Next, we're brought to you by Sated Keto Meal Shakes. These guys are making it easy to stay keto when you're busy or don't have time to cook. And even though I'm not keto, I'm still relatively low carb. There's a couple days a week where I'll throw caution to the wind and eat a grip of sweet potatoes or sweet potato fries if I'm out to eat at Hop Dottie. Whatever the case, I don't want to drink or snack on carbohydrates throughout the day because that sends my hunger through the fucking roof and it packs on the pounds that I don't want to gain. So even though I'm mostly carnivore-ish now, shout out to my boy Paul Saladino, I still stay low carb and sated keto milkshakes make it very easy for me to do that. They're delicious and convenient on the go. They come in two ready-to-drink flavors, chocolate and vanilla, with less than two grams of net carbs per meal, no added sugar. It's got MCTs, omega-3s, prebiotic fiber, and 27 vitamins and minerals to give you everything you need throughout your day. Visit www.sated.com slash Kyle and use code Kyle at checkout for 20% off store-wide. This is the only place where you can get that 20% off, so make sure you take advantage of this great offer at sated.com slash Kyle. Code word Kyle, 20% off. Love these guys. 
Next, we're brought to you by Amp Human. Amp Human has created a phenomenal product called PR Lotion. That means personal record for the folks that don't know what PR means. But PR is something that we should all aspire to, whether we are competing or not. It is uh, showing up and doing our fucking best. And this lotion is really an incredible product. Each kit includes one bottle and five on-the-go packets, which combined support 20 to 25 workouts plus free domestic shipping. PR Lotion is the only high-tech sports lotion that unlocks the natural electrolyte bicarb. It is used by athletes at every level to reach training goals faster. Next-gen PR Lotion has a new and improved texture and dries faster and goes on smoother than the original PR Lotion, which I love, by the way. Amp Human is creating a new category of tools to conquer the limitations of the human body. Its groundbreaking absorption technology allows vital nutrients to bypass the GI system and be delivered directly through the skin. PR Lotion is this flagship product and delivers sodium bicarb, a natural electrolyte, safely through the skin. Bicarb buffers acid that builds up in the muscles during exercise, allowing you to train harder and recover faster. Now, a lot of you are like, isn't that baking soda? And the answer is yes. And many of us have taken baking soda pre-race, pre-workout, pre-whatever, and have run into GI gastrointestinal issues. This bypasses all of that, and you still get a whopper in through the skin. I put it on all over my body, and that's uh, how I set the Concept 2 acid bath record here at Onnit. It's uh, a way I shave two minutes off my mile time in a 5K. There are many ways that I've done really incredible things by using this lotion, and it helps you recover quicker. So some of these products out there that help you in the event don't necessarily help you with the training effect, but this is not one of them. The buffering of acid does not take away from the work that you put in, and you will get better using it. I've seen that through personal experience and the experience of many other top athletes who have been given this amazing lotion. So we've got a unique URL, amphuman.com slash Kyle, and you can try PR Lotion by checking out their starter kit via amphuman.com slash Kyle. Don't forget to add Kyle20 at checkout. You're going to get 20% off that starter kit, which will get you locked and loaded, and you can start to experiment and push the envelope and boundaries of what you think is possible within your own body. Last but not least, we're brought to you by my dudes at One Farm. One Farm is a 100% USDA certified organic hemp farm out of Colorado, even though they're based here in Austin, right down the street. And they have some of the very best products in the hemp industry from my favorite tinctures of CBD, full-spectrum CBD, which is 100% CO2 extracted, leaving you only the goodies, all the cannabinoids, full-spectrum, all the terpenes, full-spectrum, and you have a less than 0.3% THC, so you don't have to worry about getting into trouble with your boss and that kind of shit. Bottom line is, it is legal and it is the best way for you to add in cannabinoids into your body, which help for a number of reasons. I think it helps me quite a bit with my sleep, I take it at night before I go to bed, and I also take it first thing in the morning when I have my cup of morning joe because I like to be a little bit relaxed when I get caffeinated, and it is very good at helping with anxiety and different things like that. It also helps with inflammation, which has been uh, a very strong point, strong selling point for me. Back in the day, I used to take eight ibuprofen a day before I got introduced to CBD, and now I do not take non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen because of the fact that CBD is in my medicine cabinet. So check these guys out, onefarm.com. They've also got face creams. They have water-based stuff that they're putting into soda, all sorts of cool shit. Easy ways for you to get access to some of the best, healthiest nutrients you can put in your body from onefarm.com. And if you go to onefarm.com slash Kyle, you're going to get 15% off your entire order. Onefarm.com slash Kyle for 15% off everything storewide. Thank you guys for tuning in to the show. Remember to check out kingsboo.com. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you think about this episode with my man, Dr. Mike Hart, where we do talk all things cannabis and what an appropriate sponsor in one farm because uh, here's a great place for you guys to get some of this medicine that Dr. Mike Hart and I talk about. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you in a week. Dr. Mike Hart is in the house. Thanks so much for having me, brother. So excited to be here. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, you came all the way down from London, Ontario, Canada? I did. So uh, London's about two hours from uh, Toronto. So had to get up at three o'clock uh, this morning to make that uh, 8 a.m. flight in from uh, TO to Austin, but happy to do it. Holy shit, dude. I had no idea you've been <laughs> up that early. That's brutal. It's all good. It's all good. That's like brutal. Yeah. Um, and you have a family medicine background? So yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm a family doctor. Uh, so I went to school for nutritional biochemistry, 
Uh, and then I went to school for to become a doctor, and then I did my residency in, in family medicine, and that's what I practice now. Yeah. So where, and I, and I know you were talking a little bit about this with uh, Rob Wolf, probably it had to be two years ago, but um, where in your practice of Western medicine did you start to dive into all things optimization from bioidentical hormone replacement to cannabis and everything else that you've gotten yourself into? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, someone like yourself, like I just try to optimize everything all the time. Like I've always been obsessed with health and nutrition. Like this isn't something like new for me. Like I, I was doing weird stuff when I was like 14 years old. Um, like I remember at that time I couldn't even get protein powder. So I used to put tuna in like the blender with diet Coke and drink it. Like weird stuff like that. <laughs> diet Coke. Yeah. I used to do the poor man's protein shake. It was six whole eggs raw with two scoops of ultra slim fast. Nice. And, and whole milk. <laughs> I uh, I never did the slim fast thing, but I definitely did the rag thing for a long time too. Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. For how old are you now? Uh, thirty five now. Okay, so yeah, we were about, around thirty seven. Um, yeah, I remember right about that time for me, creatine six thousand es came out by Muscle Tech, and that was like all the jam. And they're like, no, bro, you got to add like seventy five to ninety grams of dextrose. That's the only way to work. And uh, Bill Phillips had just made his supplement guide, which was a giant advertisement for. All the uh, all of the phosphagen HP and EAS products that he had. Yeah, Bill Phillips. He was the big guy that was like six meals a day and the uh -huh. body for life. Right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean that can work like for some people, but I don't follow that like at all. Like, yeah, I don't do anything close to six meals a day. Well, it's not. I mean, it's not ancestral in a way. It is. I think I called it the baby diet on Rogan's. Okay. Right, like babies eat every two hours. Yeah, you know, and they're growing. So if yeah. that's your thing and you're cranking hormones through the roof, you know, to be a bodybuilder, then maybe that's right for you. But for most people, that's not the way to lose weight or to be healthy. Yeah. And it's I, certainly not ancestral. And it's definitely not uh, convenient for someone who's busy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, I know we talked a little about uh, fasting before. I mean, that's way more convenient, you know? You do a little bit of fasting. What do I have to eat? Nothing. It's not very hard, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, let's talk about that. Let's Let's dive in because you're you're listed as one of the paleo docs, is that right, on their website? I believe so, yeah. I have been for, for a while. Yeah. So you obviously have an ancestral background. You understand uh, benefits of fasting and things like that. I think for a lot of people that want to get into it, who maybe follow uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick or my buddy, Dr. Peter Atia. I always like to say my buddy before I name drop. But um, <laughs> but if they're following a guy like Peter Atia who works with Zero, which is a fasting app that helps yeah. you do intermittent fasting, for a lot of people, it's really fucking hard if you've you're spent your entire life of 30 plus years eating carbohydrates at every meal. And it can be a real shift for people to just to extend that window from say 16 hours of eating to eight hours of eating and 16 hours of fasting. How do people inch their way towards that successfully? Well, I think, you know, if you're, if you're going to start fasting, like look at how much time you're taking in between meals now, or look at like the longest time you have in between your longest or between uh, meals right now. And then just try and extend it by an hour to each day. Like you don't have to go from like eight hours to 16 right away. You know, you can just go from eight to nine to 10 and then possibly, you know, um, you know, extend it a little bit further. And if you stop at 14 or 15, like you stop at 14 or 15, you know, maybe you can't do the full 16. So I don't think you should, you know, um, get too down on yourself if you can't do the full, you know, 16 hours. Uh, I think that, you know, as long as you go longer between meals, you'll be doing better. Yeah. Any, yeah. any, if you're used to eating every couple hours or say you have three regular meals and you have snacks in between and then you start to not have snacks, that's a benefit. You know, yeah. if, you, if, you, yeah. if you have dinner a little earlier and have breakfast a little later, that's a benefit. It's not black and white. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to live my life where it's like everything is just so regimented where like I have to eat, you know. 20 grams of protein every three hours or whatever it is that Bill Phillips and these guys are, are kind of recommending. Um, <clears throat> like, I'm just like, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's eat a healthy diet and let's, you know, get something that's, I can actually follow, right? Because you want something healthy, but more importantly, you want something you can follow because anyone can write down a healthy diet, but can you follow that diet? Right. So I think the big thing for when, when you're trying to initiate like a new diet is, are you going to be able to sustain this? Because if you can, if you can sustain it, that's a good diet for you. If you can't sustain it, that's not going to be a good diet for you. Yeah. What else differs for you um, 
in your learning from the traditional Western medicine outlook? I mean, and this isn't me poo-pooing because I've had, I had a torn labrum from fighting in my right shoulder and Western medicine fixed it. Yeah. You know, like surgery is phenomenal. And yeah. there's many, many aspects of Western medicine that are great. Um, some things, many things can be changed. You yeah. know, I, I was talking with you earlier at Onnit Gym about um, my wife's in the second trimester and the lighting in hospitals is probably the worst fucking thing you could have. We had Matt Maruka on the show going over that. And yeah. anybody knows what it's like to spend a day under fluorescent lights that works in a cubicle. And that's me for the most yeah. part. That's why I try to work from home now or in Aubrey's office. It's a real issue, you know? And Yeah. I mean, bright lights can, can definitely interfere with your circadian rhythm, right? Your circadian rhythm is, is linked to not only to sleep, but to hunger, uh, to your mood. Uh, to your appetite. So all these things are, are linked to uh, your, your circadian rhythm. Um, and, and because of that, you know, you want to make sure that you know, you're taking in light at the appropriate times. So like for someone like myself, like I do the blue blocking classes at night, like all the time, because, you know, I don't want, um, you know, bright LED lights in my face at night before I'm going to bed, because that can interfere with your melatonin production. If you don't have melatonin production going on at night, then, you know, oftentimes you can't sleep very well. Um, so, you know, because of that, you know, I think it's really important to, you know, just be conscious, be aware of the light that you're taking in, you know, and in the, if you're someone who lives like I'm from Canada and, it, and it's winter now, right? So in the morning time, you know, getting a little bit of light in the, in the morning can really give you some energy and can really kind of, you know, give you a little bit of, of a boost to, to kind of start your day. Um, whereas, you know, if you're just starting off in like dark light in the morning, you're not going to get that little bit of a boost. So you definitely want to you know, just be aware of, of the light that you're exposed to and just be aware of how you're responding to that too. Like if you use blue blocking glasses one night and then you sleep better, well, then you know that, you know what, maybe, you know, the light at night is affecting my sleep. Um, so, you know, that's always something to consider. But, you know, if you use them all the time and you don't see any, like that's not fixing your sleep problems, then, you know, maybe your, your sleep issue is from something else. But, you know, if you if you use something and it works and then, you know, you try it without it and it doesn't work, then likely that probably is the issue, you know. And a lot of people have found blue blocking glasses to be effective and they have done uh, studies on them before. So it's not just, you know, anecdotal evidence from people. Yeah, and it's a very cheap hack. Like we have these uh, amber bulbs that we have throughout the house. We got salt lamps, shit like that. Our LED bulbs overhead, they're, they're still emitting blue light, but they're dimmable. So we can really crank those down. We still try to stick to the amber bulbs. And then, uh, I mean, I, I had to outfit this stuff around the house because I don't expect my four-year-old to put blue blocking glasses on, even though he might think yeah. they're cool. I don't think there's a huge market for kids' blue blockers. But to what you're saying about getting that morning light in, I mean, Matt, from Matt Maruka to Dr. Dr. Jack Cruz to all these OGs who have worked on uh, photobiomodulation, is that it? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. But uh, how, how we process light and the circadian rhythm impact of that morning sun, it's, it's a critical thing. It's an absolutely critical thing to let our bodies know. And I think a lot of people in this space will mention that. Like when they travel, one of the ways you cure uh, jet lag is to get out and see a sunrise or to watch, you know, that early morning sun and have a little movement. It doesn't need to be a killer workout, but just some sun exposure at wherever you just landed in life to figure out, you know, to let your body figure out where it's at and, and get on tune with that. Yeah. I've heard Tim Ferriss actually talk about mm -hmm. that before a bunch of times and you know, one of the things he, he says, like when he lands is that he, he always tries to, you know, see some type of light. Um, and then the other thing that he mentioned, I know you, you said, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge workout, but sometimes, you know, when, when you land and you do a little bit of a workout, it can, you know, um, uh, put you into a better circadian rhythm so that you can sleep better that night, wherever you are. Well, we're on the topic of sleep. Um, we were talking in the garage. We just hit, if people are watching the video and wondering why you've been sweating, you're yeah. just cooling down now. <laughs> also, if people are listening to this and they're like, what the fuck is that background noise? This is at my house and I have yet to figure out how to turn my air conditioner off. It just goes on. Even when I have it off, the fan yeah. goes on. So I'll get that solved for the next interviews. But um, that workout was <laughs> intense, by the way. I've never, ever done altitude training. I was totally dizzy the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you kept a perfect pace, man. You looked like you weren't even feeling it. That's why I was like, just sprint on the last hundred. I was almost like meditating when I was doing it. I was yeah. just, like, just keep going, just keep Dude, going. Dude, that's it. That's, yeah. that's ex it's funny you say that because uh, yeah. the book Chi Running is phenomenal. And I applied those concepts. You know, 
Tai Chi is where he based, is the word he took to make Chi running. But then the concepts around Tai Chi in running have a lot to do with posture and breath work and not burning yourself out. On a concept two rower, it's, it's not the same posture. You're going from this, you know, almost fetal position into this extended position. But um, similar concepts around breath and not overdoing it is the basic idea that I will have more energy in the tank when I finish, right? So Paul Cech has these concepts of working in versus working out, working out as energy expending, working in as energy building, chi building. And you can marry those two if you do it correctly. And so that's so cool that in your first workout, you're talking about meditating through it because that's what it is for me. It's a meditation. It's an active meditation. But if I can follow the breath and do nose-nose the entire way through and then the last 100 meters gun it, then I have more energy in the tank. It doesn't destroy me you know, yeah. in the workout. And that's a very specific aerobic-based building, CO2 retention style training that we were talking about from the oxygen advantage. But it's a gnarly fucking workout for it's, sure. It's insane. It's completely different than what I'm used to. Because like, usually you can, like if you're lifting weights, you can just use raw power and sort of just like grunt through the workout type of thing. And then, you know, when you're doing MMA and that and someone's ho- holding pads for you, it's just a different type of like cardiovascular workout when yeah. you have that mask on and like the oxygen is just you know you're just sucking you know the air just trying to get some oxygen we got up to twelve thousand feet by the end of it we incrementally went up about a thousand feet each each round (laughs) well i felt it that's for sure (laughs) still feeling it now hell yeah well um so we're we're on the subject of sleep we talked about the book sleep by nick little hill which is one of my favorites i mentioned that the first time on rogan's and um you know this air conditioner is going temperature is such a big one Um, there's a lot of things that can affect sleep, but I want to dive into cannabis here because you're the first cannabis expert that I've ever had on the show. You are a medical doctor, not a doctor of chiropractic, not that that would eliminate you from being a cannabis expert. However, you're a medical doctor who kind of went against the grain first, even though Canada has been way more liberal about cannabis laws than the U S. Um, I guess let's just dive into all things cannabis, but specifically let's talk about sleep and impact of the brain, because I know there's a ton in here. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely use cannabis with a lot of my patients for sleep. Um, you know, I think that we just don't really have the best sleep aids out there right now. You know, a lot of people are still using like benzodiazepines to sleep, uh, things like Ativan, Xanax. Like those medications can be very, very addictive. You know, if it works for you, great. But like, you know, I would try to stay away from them as much as I, as I could because they can be extremely addictive. I'm, I'm raising my hand for the video watchers because uh, I was addicted to Xanax and Valium in college. Okay. And that's what would knock me out, you know, but yeah. it's like that, then, then all of a sudden I have anxiety during the day yeah. and that'll help with that because it gets you high. It works. Yeah. It works by getting you high. It doesn't yeah. fucking eliminate the anxiety. Exactly. It is patchwork. It's fucking throwing band-aids on holes in the ship. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to be prescribing, you know, that type of medication to patients because I know, you know, what the long-term effects are. So, you know, because of that, you know, I think cannabis is a much, much better alternative. Um, and, you know, specifically, you know, we can talk a little about THC and CBD. So, you know, I know that a lot of your uh, listeners probably listened to the uh, Rogan podcast with Matt Walker that got a lot of uh, a lot of play on the Internet. And, uh, you know, he was talking a little bit in that podcast um, about CBD and how it can affect sleep. And there is some evidence that like having a little bit of CBD uh, can actually stimulate your prefrontal cortex or give you a little bit of energy. Right. So, I mean, most of my patients actually use their CBD in the daytime. Right. So they find it to be effective for, you know, anxiety. They find it to be effective for pain, for reducing inflammation. And of course, some people use it for seizures. You know, there's a variety of different indications for CBD. Um, But just getting back uh, to sleep, you know, some people may find that a higher dose of CBD oil can in fact put them to sleep Um, what would that be just to clarify is that in the 100 milligram range 150 milligram 300 milligram so i mean i would say anything over 20 milligrams is is actually oh really okay a decent ish dose but the thing is too you definitely want to everyone's different and you also want to look at the terpenes that are within the uh that that are within the, the cbd oil so like there's a terpene called myrcene for example that's very very sedating so if you have CBD oil and you have myrcene, you know, that might help you because you have the CBD, which can maybe calm down your anxiety and you have the myrcene, which is, which is extremely sedating. And then that can just kind of knock you out for some people. Now for other people, you know, that's just, that's just not going to work. Um, and, 
you know, this applies not just to vets, but also to civilians as well. But, um, you know, a lot of, of veterans, and I do see a lot of veterans in my practice, do have PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. And these guys just really, really can't sleep at night. And the best thing for uh, for THC for, for guys who have nightmares is, or sorry, for, for people who have PTSD and have nightmares is THC. Because THC can reduce the amount of nightmares that people get and the frequency. So I have a ton of patients who have like night, they were having nightmares like every night. And then they use a little bit of THC. And then all of a sudden, like their nightmares literally are like gone, you know, for, and for some people, like it's literally like a hundred percent gone, you know, other people it might reduce by 50% or 75%, but like anything is a huge win, you know, for, for someone who's really suffering with, with nightmares at night. And what doses, what dose, I'm sure it varies because everyone's different, but what would you typically start someone on? Because I have a lot of friends that are veterans and a lot of them have post-traumatic stress, um, and I found just from hooking people up, you know, uh, I got, when I was out in Vegas last time, I ended up picking up a bottle of five milligram CBN with five milligram THC. Nice. And that was the only thing that worked for my friend to sleep. Okay. He said, he said he hadn't slept that well in probably 15 years. Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy you actually mentioned CBN. So I tend to mostly talk about THC and CBD because those are the ones that are like commercially available, especially in Canada. Uh, there are so many other cannabinoids out there. Like there's over hundred cannabinoids in, in cannabis, you know, CBD and THC are only two of them. You named CBN. And a lot of people have said that CBN has been really effective for sleep for them. So, you know, if you combine THC with CBN, you know, and as to your, your friend's point, you know, who obviously, you know, did really, really well with that, you know, you might get a really good night's sleep with that combination. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's cool that actually you found that, that, that product that's like, Something just on the shelf here? Or no, that was in Vegas. That I think Vegas? I think it's called Planet 13 or Planet 49. Okay. It's uh, it's off the strip, and it's like a 40,000 square foot Apple store for cannabis. It's the coolest fucking place ever. If you're going through Vegas, you got to go in there. They yeah. have like 40-inch plasmas that are vertical, and you and it's all touchscreen. And okay. then you have a bud tender come out with an iPad, and he's like, what can I help you with, brother? <laughs> <laughs> they have fucking everything. I mean, everything imaginable. Um but yeah, you know, like to the point of THC in, in combination with these things, I've found, I mean, I, I look personal story and I definitely want to extract as much as I can from you in this hour rather than just personal stories and my own conjecture. But I use cannabis uh, as a crutch through college, through largely a lot of shit that I hadn't dealt with in my childhood. And then through ayahuasca and some of these other things, it, I feel it stripped my receptors. So when I worked my way back to cannabis with respect and reverence, I couldn't handle a half as much. I couldn't handle a quarter as much. So a little goes a very long way for me with THC now. But what I find is the closer it is to whatever we'd find in nature before we started fucking with it and deciding that THC was what we should be going for long before CBD was figured out or CBN or CBG or any of the terpenes or any of these other wonderful pieces that come in this thing nature made for us. I find that the closer they are uh, I guess in concert, either a one-to-one ratio of THC to CBD or a one-to-three ratio of THC to CBD, that seems to work best for me. What do you find works? I mean, is it just trial and error as you work with people one-on-one or is there like a screening process that you have to determine what you feel is best for them? Uh, there's definitely a little bit of trial and error involved. You know, some people though, like say if you're a brand new patient to cannabis and you come in, most people still just want to try CBD to start just because they have that aversion to THC, which is fine. Um, and then usually on follow-up, they'll say, okay, now I want to try the THC, but, you know, getting back to like, you know, what's the best ratio of, you know, THC to CBD, uh, for sleep. That's something that's like really hard to, to answer. And it's also, you know, very, very individualized, but I will say that in general, it would skew more to the THC than the CBD, mm. you know? So you might find that it's two to one or three to one THC to CBD, uh, you know, but some people do find even just a one-to-one works really well. And, you know, it's interesting that we're talking about this because I actually just polled my audience on Twitter about this uh, maybe a week ago or less. And, you know, it was uh, one-to-one was definitely the highest. So a one-to-one ratio of THC to CBD. THC only was second. Uh, CBD only would would have been third. Okay. So, you know, and I, I think that... Uh, I think that even though that was, you know, a small sample, I think maybe a thousand people responded or something like that. I think that that's still fairly accurate 
It's a thousand people. Yes. <laughs> Just because it ain't a fucking double blind doesn't mean shit. Like that's, that's the other problem we have with Western yeah. medicine. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Look at this. There's some validity here, you yeah. know? Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I don't wait for like, you know, a bunch of randomized control <laughs> trials to come out before I wanna, you know, yeah. try something. You know, like I'm if if there's enough evidence for it and if it's a pretty safe molecule, whatever I'm looking at, I'm just gonna go for it right away. Yeah, very little side effects here. Well, there's a there's a uh, a number of things that I want to bring up, but yeah, like to your point, many of us have our backs against the wall with health and and the health of the earth as well as the health of ourselves. And so waiting for this shit isn't gonna work. You know what I'm saying? Like waiting for doctors to cure your autoimmune disease with, uh, you know, conventional theory is not going to cut it. So if somebody tried, like Michaela Peterson tries carnivore and all of a sudden she feels great, like it fucking works. You don't need the science to back it up, you know, like simple as that. Right. But, um, let's, I guess let's talk about the benefits of THC because, uh, I forget, man, there was a couple of great documentaries that came out on Netflix, the culture, the union, and then the culture high. And, uh, in the culture high, they talked about, uh, and this was years ago, but they talked about a study, one of the first studies being done by a Japanese scientists at University of California, San Francisco on THC specifically for beta beta amyloid plaque and uh, tau proteins in the brain. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you look at uh, the pathophysiology of Alzheimer's and, you know, Alzheimer's horrible disease because it doesn't just affect the person, it affects everyone around them, right? Because the caretaking involved with that is really, really difficult. So, you know, anything you can do to maybe, you know, reduce that or delay that is is absolutely welcomed by anyone. Um, and THC specifically has been shown to inhibit the formation of beta amyloid plaques. So that would be the hallmark kind of pathophysiology of all, of uh, Alzheimer's disease. And that's exactly what, what THC does is it inhibits the beta amyloid plaques from actually uh, aggregating together. So, you know, I do believe that, you know, using a little bit of THC every day may in fact be a very effective treatment for Alzheimer's disease in, in the long run based upon that research. Yeah. And you were talking about, I think with Jay Ferugia, uh, a retroactive study they had done on NFL players uh, with THC to TBI. Can you break that down? Sure. Yeah, that was, uh, so that was, there's actually one incredible study on that. So what they did is, I don't know how many people were in the study, but they looked at uh, the mortality rates of people who were who were using cannabis who, versus people who were not using cannabis that had sustained a, a TBI. And this is a PubMed study. You know, we can even link it to the podcast if you guys want it after. And what it showed was that if you had THC in your system, your risk of death was one fifth compared to the people who didn't have THC in their system. And I mean, that is a crazy statistic. You know, it's something that you know, should be replicated more often uh, in studies. And it's something that uh, that should be implemented because we know that, you know, traumatic brain injuries, I know you had, you know, Dan Carcilla here mm-hmm. on recently, you know, who uh, I've just kind of become friends with. And, you know, we know that traumatic brain injuries can cause a ton of damage to someone, particularly for their mental health, you know, for their overall cognition, it causes physical symptoms as well. So, you know, anything you can do to potentially stave off any type of uh, you know, symptoms from someone who has a TBI, you know, is going to be welcomed by, by, by that person. So, you know, I think in my opinion, it's really just an underutilized treatment. And again, you know, we're talking about like death. We're not even talking about like quality of life in this study, you know? So it's something that we, uh, we need to look into more and we need to implement it more. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, what else do you think THC helps with? I mean, I, I watched uh, Weedekit. I forget the guy, the name of the guy. Oh, Krish, yeah. Krishna's his first name, I think. It was one of his. Yeah, it was one of his first episodes, and um, you know, I, I had heard you. I'm not sure if it was with Rob or with Jay, but um, you were talking about the benefits of THC with cancer. And I know Rogan's brought up a couple of studies that were done with fasting and THC, and then with fasting or with THC in conjunction with chemo. Um, but in this, it was called Stone Kids. I think it was one of the first four episodes of season one on Weedikit. Okay. And they, it was in Oregon where they followed all these families who were basically giving their kids really high dose THC from Rick Simpson oil, who were going through some of the gnarliest forms of childhood cancer, and they were staving off cancer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no doubt about it. And they were stoned and happy. You know, they weren't just vegetables on the couch. Like, they were outside playing. They were being kids, but they were being kids. And their quality of life had improved significantly in a way that what their, their parents hadn't seen since the diagnosis. 
Yeah. So, you know, I see a lot of kids actually in, in my practice and, you know, we can chat about kids and we can chat about cancer uh, as well. So, you know, with, with cancer, you know, there is, you know, evidence and animal models that, you know, THC and CBD can be effective. There's also a lot of, of case studies showing that THC and CBD can, can be effective. You know, and I've, I've posted studies about, you know, someone with uh, a, a lung cancer, uh, lung carcinoma, use CBD and, you know, their tumor shrank. Again, it's just a case study. But again, like these things do do happen, you know, and, uh, you know, I talked about a little bit uh, on Rogan before, like, you do have to be careful though somewhat because, um, like, say, like breast cancer, for example. So if you are HER2 positive, which is a certain form of breast cancer, um, it has been shown that THC can be helpful. But say if you don't, ex- you have a, a cancer that doesn't express any, a breast cancer that doesn't express any THC uh, receptors, you know, it has been shown that THC may actually worsen it. So you do mm. have to, be a little bit careful, you know, so you want to make sure that you know how THC and CBD affect your specific cancer. And you don't want to just say like, you know, cannabis cures cancer in like a general kind of like term. We want to say that, you know, in in this uh, particular type of cancer, this type of ratio of THC to CBD would be would be best based upon these types of studies and based upon what we've seen. You know, that'd be the, the best approach to it instead of just, you know, encompassing cancer as like one as one thing. Yeah, that's wrong, like saying know? the ketogenic diet cures cancer. It's like, no, yeah. no, 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 but there's some very specific forms of cancer that it really does help with. Yeah. Things like yeah. that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I get that. Well, let's let's talk pain because sure. pain for me, you know, I grew up playing football. I fought uh, for eight years professionally and in fighting, I would take eight ibuprofen a day. I'd take four before each practice. And it was something that I just did routinely. And then as I started getting into all things optimization, starting with diet through How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy by Paul Check and then many other books, I realized like how much damage this is actually causing my gut and um, started switching to CBD. Thankfully, I was in California, so we had all a lot of these things available ahead of time to the rest of the country. But um, CBD fixed it. I didn't need ibuprofen anymore. My inflammation was coming down. And of course that was in concert with cleaning up my diet and putting better things in me, you know, fixing my sleep, that kind of stuff. But, um, speak to that a bit because it doesn't appear even with the awareness of the opiate epidemic, it doesn't appear that that's going to shift overnight. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and again, you know, some of it just comes down to, you know, the pain medications that we have available and, you know, they're, they're not that great. Like right now we have, you know, and said, so, you know, you just talked a little bit about Advil. Um, and then, you know, once you go beyond that, there are things like Lyrica and Gabapentin and that, but a lot of guys, you know, once they, they fail on NSAIDs, they just go straight to opiates. You know, there's a lot of people who, who, who do that, like not just, uh, you know, patients, but doctors will do that in their approach. You know, we'll try on NSAIDs. If NSAIDs don't work, we'll just go, we'll just go straight to opioids. Like I said, there are some people who use like gabapentin and lyrica and these other drugs but you know a lot of time it will be and sets to opioids um and you know you know to to your point so you know what are you doing when you're taking an NSAID you're like ibuprofen you're taking something that's supposed to decrease inflammation so we know that CBD can also decrease inflammation and you know your story even though it's uh you know it's 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 very very compelling it's definitely not unique in the fact that like there's been a lot of other people who have also used a ton of ibuprofen you know Advil all these other uh, types of NSAIDs and then have been able to come off of them successfully just by using CBD oil. And of course, you know, if you have, you know, a poor diet, poor lifestyle, all that type of stuff, you know, you definitely want to work on that first. But, you know, if you're working on the lifestyle part and then you're also introduced CBD, then it's, you know, it only makes logical sense that you're probably going to be able to eliminate the the Advil or, or the ibuprofen that you're taking. And then, you know, just to chat a little bit about the opiates, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely very, very scary because the thing is, is, you know, there has been a little bit of reduction in, um, in, in, in doctors prescribing opiates over the past few years in the U.S., thankfully. But that doesn't necessarily correlate with 
a decreased death rate because you know it's also available on the street as well right so there are people who are who are dying from you know uh physicians prescribing uh medications and there's also people dying from you know fentanyl overdoses on the street so you know that fentanyl came into the picture and fucking all of a sudden (laughs) mortality rates just really went up like it's it's uh it's one of those things that I think it hit so hard so quick. I mean, I've had, uh, I've lost two friends to heroin and it, I don't think it was the heroin. I think it was the heroin cut with fentanyl. You know, it's, it's one of those powerhouses that can kill you very easily. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that you really want to be careful with because, you know, you, you should never get anything off, off the street anyway, you know, and, and even with regards to like supplements and things like that, like it's always best when they're third party tested. You know, and that's sort of the the standard that I hold to myself if I'm gonna take something, and that's the standard that I think everyone should should hold to themselves as well. Is that you know, if you're gonna take something, you know, make sure that it's it's third party tested, and that way you know that whatever is is within the bottle is actually what's in the bottle. You know, because uh, you know, lots of supplement companies, um, you know, they can they can put things in there that that you. Yeah, you know, are really, really bad for you. And then, of course, you know, if you buy something on the street, you have no idea what you're getting. Half yeah, the time. cannabis as well, right? Yeah, you know, that was one of the first benefits I saw to first with medical marijuana, and then with with um, you know recreational legalization is the degree at which we see testing being done. So you know, I'm not going to smoke or inhale pesticides and herbicides that the product is in fact organic, yeah. and that these are the constituents within that particular strain or within that particular tincture. Yeah, and and you also too. It's nice to know that okay, this is ten percent. So you know, if I have yeah. a little bit of this, I'm not going to get blitzed. Yeah, but, you know, you have someone's like twenty eight percent, you don't know about it, and all of a sudden, after a couple of puffs, you're like head spinning, and you don't know where you are. Like you know, so it's always it's always better to know you know exactly what you're getting, and then that's just going to increase your own self awareness as well, because then you're going to know like okay, I know that when I use. 10% THC, I can take a couple puffs and I'll feel this way. I know if I use 5% THC, I can take a couple puffs and I'll feel this way. So, you know, I think that the more you know about about the product, the more in turn that will just increase your self-awareness kind of naturally as a byproduct of that. Awesome. How much does THC fit into the picture with pain? Because uh, we've talked about inflammation. We've talked about CBD's ability to help lower inflammation, which of course, if that's high, you're going to feel all the nagging injuries come back. Um, THC clearly has a euphoria and it clearly has an, uh, a component to help with pain. And yeah. So, you know, part of the reason, and I mean, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit, is that that dissociative effect that THC has that's part of the reason why it's an effective pain reliever, right? So all the time, patients will say to me, I can still feel the pain, but it just doesn't bother me anymore. And it's because they're in that dissociated state. And because they're in that dissociated state, they don't feel as much pain. It's the same way if you're meditating, right? You know, and this isn't like some hokey, you know, BS. It's like, if you meditate and you're concentrating on your breath, you're concentrating on meditating, then your mind isn't on the pain, right? Your mind isn't, why am I in pain? Why is my back hurt so much? Your mind is concentrating on something else. So it's taking your mind off of the pain. And when you use THC, you get the same thing. You get this dissociative effect. So it takes your mind off of the pain, even though the pain is still there. And then if you combine if you combine uh, THC with CBD, then you're going to get that dissociative effect from the THC and you're going to get the anti-inflammatory benefit from the CBD. So that's why the combination of the two of them can be incredibly effective for pain. Awesome. Let's let's dive into uh, some of the lesser known things. You talked about myrcene as one of these beneficial uh, terpenes that can help us rest at night. I think I've read, let me see if I can find it, the Cannabis Health Index. Uh, I interviewed the author of that book. I'm forgetting his name right now. He's a German guy. Um but he has a there's a laundry list of terpenes within these compounds as well. And things like D-limonene can help with fungal overgrowth and candida to immune function and all sorts of things. I mean, it's it's D-limonene's in everything. It's in orange oil. You know, if you're gonna treat termites organically, it, they might use orange oil or lemon zest, things like that. We have terpenes in the peel as a natural deterrent for bugs. It's kind of like the organic pesticide herbicide within some of these plants that are citrusy. 
Yeah. And, and I mean, you should know uh, your terpenes. And again, coming back to like the Alzheimer's thing and the memory thing, you know, pining has actually been, been shown to be effective for uh, improving overall memory because it has an, an uh, acetylcholinase effect, right? So, um, you know, if something is a natural, you know, acetylcholinase esterase inhibitor, then that's going to help with memory impairment. So, so you know, let me unpack that real quick. Acetylcholine sorry. being kind of the, 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 one of the most important neurotransmitters for memory, thought, cognition, all nootropics on the market are trying to increase acetylcholine production by taking choline and then combining that with either aracetam or something else. Like we use alpha, alpha GPC and, and yeah. uh, alpha brain on it. And then we have other things like Hooperzeria and uh, Hooperzine A and um, just different products that help upregulate that into that. And then on the flip side of that, we have this enzyme that comes through like Pac-Man and clears it out of the system. And so that's the enzyme you just mentioned. If we can stunt or blunt that effect, then we're going to have acetylcholine in the system longer, which would enhance it. And pinene does this. Correct. Yeah. And, and I mean, that, and you talk about CBD and pinene. I mean, then you're getting like almost like a double eutropic at once, right? Because a lot of people do find that once they have some CBD on board, they have a little bit less anxiety. They just feel a little bit better overall, like verbal fluency increases, sometimes memory increases. And there has been studies that show that CBD does have this rescue memory effect. So because of that, you know, if you have CBD and you have pining and a acetylcholine, which you, you know, explain very, very well, then, you know, you're probably going to get a little bit of a cognitive boost from that. And that's what a lot of people are, are reporting. And I do think too, there is a little bit of, you know, a, a blend or a blur between like something that's like a nootropic and something that's like considered to be like a drug, you know, cause we always think that, you know, that a drug is something that sort of takes you from like disease to a normal state, right? And like a nootropic is like something that can take you from like a normal state to maybe like superhuman. But in many ways, like I think that more people should have that approach, you know, meaning, and I've chatted about this recently with like a few people, like, you know, if you go to your your cupboard every single morning, your kitchen cupboard, and it says like antidepressant, anti-anxiety, I mean, that's almost enough to like, you know, put you in a bad state right there. It's like, I have to take this to feel good. I have to take this to, to, to feel good. But if you're taking something that's like a, like a nootropic, it's almost like it's amping you up. It's like, oh, I can't wait to take this because it's going to make me feel amazing. So, you know, I think that more people, you know, who are depressed and anxious kind of should sort of not necessarily change, you know, what, what they're taking, but, but change their, their, their approach and their thinking. Because I mean, going going to your cupboard every day, seeing something as like an antidepressant can't be that motivating, you know, compared to like going to your cupboard and you you know you open up a bottle of creatine or whatever it is to say like you know I'm going to take this now I'm going to lift five more pounds of weight, you know, and I think that's the kind of like mindset that like you know we should be encouraging more in medicine and just more in like in modern society. And it's fine that we're talking about you know mental health and we're talking about suicide and all these things all the time, but you know, talking about it sometimes almost just like gives people like that option, you know, like let's give them like, like a different option. Like let's give them like, Hey, like we know that, uh, that, that there's things that you need to, to address, but you know, maybe you can try a different approach and just try and do it almost like aggressively. Just be like, just try to become awesome instead of, you know, trying to be not depressed, like try to be like your best self. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. that's a better way to do it. Of course. Yeah. It, it, it really speaks to the language that we use in our own story of ourself. And I think uh, neuro-linguistic programming addresses this very well. NLP, you can look it up, just Google it. But um, I'm working with a lady called Mike, named, not called, named Micra Hamilton, who works at Aperion on South Congress. And she does a lot of brain optimization. But that's one of the things she says is that we don't work, we don't fix anyone. And we don't work with anyone who needs to be fixed. We work with people to optimize them. We work with people who want to be better and who already know that they're not broken. We're just going to take you to levels that you've not reached before. Yeah. And it's a different I, way to think about it, right? Yeah. It's, it's a way better approach, you know, um, because because I think the, the old school approach is a little bit, you know, depressing and, and it almost encourages someone to have like depressive symptoms. Whereas like if you have like the, the approach that you just explained, it's more like it's, it's giving the person their power back. Cause there's, cause when you, when you do it the opposite way that, that we're doing it now, we're saying that, you know, you need this 
because you're depressed and you don't feel well, you're going to need it for the rest of your life. Your serotonin is all messed up. Like that's not something that's very encouraging to hear, you know? And then, you know, that's probably being told to them all the time. Whereas like, you know, if you have this different approach, like this, you know, lady who has this NLP program going on, then perhaps maybe, you know, you're going to have a different mindset of like, you know what, instead of not trying to be depressed, I'm actually going to try to be the best person I can be. And that's a completely different mindset. And when you have that mindset, the depression goes away. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's one thing to be sold a bill of goods, like, Hey, this is a uh, neurochemistry imbalance that you have and it's genetic and you, it's an inevitable thing. And now you have to take this for the rest of your life. Like, no, 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 no. All systems work together, right? You're looking at a symptom of the brain. Yeah. Something caused that. And let's look holistically to pull out of that, right? There's yeah. so many lifestyle factors from, working out appropriately, not overdoing it, not beating yourself up in the gym, but working out to feel better. Like what we did today, yeah. right? I have more energy after that. I'm yeah. not beat up. And I still have workouts where I beat my ass, yeah. but those are very few and far between the workout like we just had, right? Things like that, getting the sunlight first thing in the morning, cleaning up your diet, making sure you're sleeping, and then finding some space inside the day so that when you lay down at night, that's not the first time you've been alone with yourself. So that's a yeah. huge issue for sleep, right? Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. I think that that, that happens to, to a lot of people is they don't reflect, you know, and uh, like one of the big things that I do every day is I'm, I'm a big believer in the five minute journal, you know, it's something I got three or four years ago. And, you know, I get a new one every six months, basically. Um, and if I don't take that time to, to reflect, like I, 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 I can feel it, I can feel it in the morning, and I can feel it at bed at, as well, you know, because I need that time to to reflect to myself and if you don't have that time to reflect to yourself and if you're just going straight to bed well then all the time that you should have been reflecting in the day is just going to come to surface that night and of course you're not going to be able to sleep well right because you should have thought about you know these things during the day and dealt with them on the spot instead of just putting them to to a side and now all these things are just going to come to a head at night and you're wondering why you can't sleep you know, I mean, it's, it's almost funny when, when you actually say it out loud, you know? So, you know, reflection is, is, is a very big part of my day. And I feel that, you know, a lot of people are, are underutilizing that and they don't appreciate actually how effective it is. I mean, very few people journal, very few people write down their thoughts and, you know, that just leads to really, really poor self-awareness. And, you know, we have poor self-awareness. You're going to make poor decisions, poor decisions for your health too. Yeah. And uh, I mean, to that note, even on journaling, I just got into, can you grab that, pal? There's a journal that uh, one of the members of Fit for Service created for us. And uh, I think they're selling it on Amazon now. It's, it's fucking awesome. But I've been doing the day, the day and the night. It's over there on the counter to the right. Um, anyways, I'll get the name of this in a second. Have my lovely wife here at home. She's with Ryan Giles for today, <laughs> helping us out. Podcast producer extraordinaire. Um, <laughs> the one that uh that i have the five minute journal it's uh you, so there's three things at the beginning of the day that you're that you're grateful for and then you write down three things uh that will make today great and then you have two daily affirmations so that's how the morning starts and uh in the end you have to write down three things that happened today that were great or thing or three things that you appreciate it and then two ways how you could have made your day better. And, you know, doing that every single day just makes such a difference. And, uh, like, there's a guy, James Clare, just wrote this book, oh, yeah. Atomic Habits. So, yeah. yeah, we so had him like, on the podcast. Oh, He's you, incredible. Uh, it's my favorite. I've read Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit, I've which is great. Too, yeah. But Atomic Habits is like, yeah, that's, that's it, dude. That's the yeah. one. It's totally next level. Yeah. Yeah. And and in, in his book, like, what I was going to say is that, you know, he was saying that, like, if you get 1% better every day, it's not that you get you know, 365% better at the end because of compound interest. You're like 37 times better, he says, right? So, you know, if you're doing this journaling every single day, I mean, how much more grateful are you going to be after a year or after two years? Even after a week, you're, you're like, I mean, your thoughts are going to change. Now I'm going to, you know, I was just going to say your life is going to change, but your thoughts are your life right? So if your thoughts are going to change, your life is going to change, right? And very few people 
uh, you know, take the time to journal and, and to practice gratitude. But, you know, when you do that, it absolutely works. And it's been shown in numerous studies as well. So, you know, that's just a simple hack that I think that everyone should incorporate. Yeah, it's incredible. This is the, I've done five minute journal before, but this is called the, the legendary day life. And they have a morning journal and an evening journal. And I'll just run through nice. what it is. You start with what you're thankful for. I'm thankful for today. I look forward to how can I make myself feel good today? So this is how I fill, fill my own fucking cup, right? Yeah. What am I going to do for me? Not the work that has to be done, but for, yeah. and not for the work for my family or for my wife. What's for me today? Is it a workout? Is it meditation? Is it a float tank? Is it getting stretched? Is it going to yoga? Is it doing breath work? Is it a cold tub? Something that's going to fill my cup and allow me to drop into my zero state center, you know? Uh, what can I do today in order to bring me closer to my goals? Getting clear on what we want to accomplish, right? Atomic habits. If it's it's not about mastering any one thing, but as he says, if you get one percent better, if you, you take on one thing at a time, right? You don't yeah. take on fucking everything at once. But say you want to make a dietary change, and you make that, and you get one percent better at that dietary change. Then a week later, you add in a different thing, like I want to learn music, so I'm going to start playing a handpan. Now I get one percent better there every day that I do that, and you start adding these things together. That's where you start to grow. And he goes through like Pat Riley and some of the greatest franchises in NBA history and all these other all the other people that have mastered this concept of 1% better in all directions. And like you said, that compounding interest, it makes such a fucking big difference. It yeah. really does. Yeah. Because if you as, as soon as you stop to, you know, like James Clear says, you know, that's a vote to what you're not doing right or the person that you don't want to be but as soon as you start writing those things down you start becoming grateful you're taking votes to to become the person who you want to be and then once you become the person that you want to be everything's going to get better you know your confidence is going to increase your well-being is going to increase so everything's going to get better with that so you know each time you know you and we talked a little bit about essentialism you know earlier today too i think that ties in a little bit with with atomic habits in some ways but you know with regards to uh you know atomic habits um you know one of the big things I, that i took away from that book is you know each time you take an action it is a vote to the person that you want to be now it might be the wrong vote if you're taking the wrong action so that's something that you want to be that you want to be yeah don't stop at mcdonald's don't be an idiot yeah <laughs> <laughs> go somewhere else yeah yeah, I think about that a lot. Essentialism is a book that completely changed my life. Uh, I read it at the end of 2019, and already I'm putting a lot of that into practice. It's one of the reasons we're here right now, podcasting from home. I can get a lot of work done at home. Um, the lighting here is better. I've got nature right outside. We're about to plant a bunch of new trees, so I'll be surrounded by that. There's a ton of house plants. I think we can see one of them in the background of this podcast right now. But, you know, this is my sanctuary, and largely in part thanks to Natasha over there for making it, turning a house into a home. But, um, you know, thinking about that, what is essential, right? And one of the things that he that he put in there is uh, an acronym WIN that I really have always loved. I learned it first from Lou Holtz. I think he mentioned somebody else uh, where he heard it from, but what's important now, right? So okay. we clarify that yeah. in every fucking action we do. And yeah. he even said something that blew my mind. When the word priority became added to the lang to whatever language it was at the time it might have been greek it wasn't priorities it was singular there was no plural for it it was the most important thing it wasn't the most important things it wasn't a fucking list there was one thing that was the most important yeah right so what's important now is one thing it's not fucking 10 or 12 things and that'll make you so much happier too because then you just concentrate it on one thing it gives you you know that like sense of like certainty you know, and when you have that, like that, like sense of certainty, that's, that's when you feel your best, you know, um, you know, I go back and forth on, on Tony Robbins a little bit. I mean, overall I do, I do like him. I but, love him. I, I, I mean, I'll link to, for people who are on the fence, yeah. I'm going to link to an episode he did with Russell Brand in the show notes. It's fucking incredible. I love dude. Russell Brand. It's incredible. So the two of those guys are fucking magic. And I mean, I say that I've gone and see him twice. So I, I really do like him overall. But uh, you know, he, he talks about about that stuff a lot. And the other thing that that he he talks about that I really like too is, you know, he always talks about, you know, appreciation over over expectation. And you know, that's something too that I come back with in my in my journal, like the five minute journal, like all the time, is that, you know, maybe there was something that I was expecting today 
um, and you know, didn't happen, didn't get it, whatever happened. But maybe there's something else that you know kind of passed by that I didn't appreciate that that I should have. Mm-hmm. And he talks about you know, I don't know that exercise where he, where he talks about you know, if if you look at everything, if you look for something red, then like everything you know you'll see is red, right? And you'll start calling things that are like kind of orange, like red. You know what I mean? Um, and the point of that is that like, if you're, and you talked about this recently too, you know, like if you're looking through life with this like lens of like anger all the time, then you're everywhere you see, you're just going to see anger. Right. But if you're looking through life with like, you know, you said love and happiness and gratitude, then when you're looking through that lens, you're going to find those things, you know, you're going to, you're going to see beauty in things and the things that, you know, are just, you know, kind of red you know, you'll see that, that those things are kind of beautiful or you'll be like, I'm, I'm kind of grateful for that, you know, and, and that's the way that you want to, that you want to kind of see things. So that's one of the things that I, I found that one of the quotes that he, he brought up in one of the seminars that I saw that I thought was like, you know, spot on and, and I've used it ever, ever since. Yeah. It's really powerful. Yeah. It's reminding me, and I forget which I've read a lot of Dr. Wayne Dyer's stuff, but, uh, he, he talked about, you know, running in his hotel because he used to run a 10K every day no matter what. So he was actually running around this atrium on one floor of his hotel and he's <laughs> just running down the hall. And so he's getting his fucking 10K in and some lady opens the door and she's like, are you running out here? And he's like, yeah. And I uh, just kept running. But, you know, he, he spoke about how a lot of people are looking to be offended. And it seems mm-hmm. in our political climate mm-hmm. and in our social media climate and yeah. in all the things, all of the polarization of what's going on right now in the world, that there are, in fact, a lot of people, he said this long before Trump was in office or anything else that, that would, you know, cause such a rift or a divide uh, among the, you know, the population of the states, but also elsewhere, just that people do look to be offended. And you can, yeah. you can catch yourself in that and say, why am I doing this? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that, and not only just like, you know, we're talking, I think a little bit like online, but in person, I, th- I think too, people are like that, you know, they, they want it's, and it's because they don't have, you know, something going on in their life that provides any, any value. And if you don't have anything in your life that provides any value and you see someone else that has value in you, in their life, all you want to do is kind of take that away or take that person down. And that's, I think, what's what's happening to a lot of people in society these days, you know? It's like uh, Jordan Peterson's analogy of the crabs yeah. in, the, in the bucket. Yeah. You don't need to put a lid on the bucket because the, the crab that's about to leave gets pulled down by the other crabs as those crabs are trying to climb their way up. Yeah. So no crab get out. Yeah, exactly. It might be lobsters, but it's one of these... Yeah, I think he used lobsters. Lobster, yeah. His, yeah. But his book's incredible too. I always recommend that book for people 12 rules for life i think he's i think he's one of the most brilliant people in the world yeah he's he's got a pretty incredible mind and he's he's just thought about things so so much you know and he's researched them so much that when he he says something there's a lot of thought into it yeah he connects a lot of dots and he's also for everyone listening who might be triggered by us liking jordan peterson maybe you consider yourself uh, a bit progressive I'm progressive too. I love psychedelics. Um, in some regards, I'm progressive. But I would say that he's a guy who's not afraid to admit when he's wrong. And I think that's something that's lost in the conversation today. Yeah. Is that if we're going to talk and I want to learn from you and I disregard the need to be right, then I should be able to find a spot where at least I can look at things objectively enough to say, oh, you know what? I, I can see it from your lens. And you know what? Maybe I am wrong, or maybe I should rethink that. Yeah. Maybe there's a different way to look at this. And maybe it's not right and wrong. Maybe it's just a different perspective or a different way I look at that. And if I'm open to that, that's how I can grow, right? Yes. I'm reading this book, Vedanta Treaties, and I've talked about it before. It's an excellent book. But he says, a belief that's strong enough is the end of learning. Yep. Because it's where you understand it as complete. And if it's complete, there's no further learning. And that entire, whatever the fucking belief is, it's capped. There's an end point, right? And there is no end point, whether that's God, whether that's anything you want to fill in on the blank, whether that's science, all of it's unfolding, all of it's relearning, all of it's saying, hey, guess what? Saturated fat's not bad for you. Guess what? Cholesterol's not bad for you. You know what I'm saying? Like everything is being relearned and reimagined in different ways and it's all unfolding yeah and like the the 
the where you gotta like catch yourself there is like you you're looking for the truth you're not looking to be right and that's how a lot of people come across and that's how a lot of people get blindsided and why they don't learn anything more is because they get they get dogged down into like one type of thinking and because they have this this one type of thinking they're not willing to learn anything else and because they're not willing to learn anything else they're not going for the truth they just want to be right like they don't even like if we were having some type of disagreement right now like some people even though they know that they're wrong they'll still continue to argue their point just because they want to win the argument they'd rather win the argument than actually get the truth yeah. right but that in the end, you know, the truth is what's going to set you free, as corny as it sounds, but it's absolutely true. So, you know, you don't want to be right. You want to find the truth, right? So you want to find the truth before you want to be right. And I think that a lot of people are not doing that in society these days. And that's why they're not learning new information. And that's why they're stuck in their old ways, because they're unwilling to learn anything new. Fuck, I love it, brother. Well, where can people find you online? Uh, well, people can find me online, you know, on, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn. So it's it's Dr. Mike Hart on, on all uh, social media platforms. I also have a website, Mark, uh, MikeHartMD.com. Uh, and just as we were talking about earlier, I am going to be launching a podcast some, sometime in 2020, hopefully in the next two or three months. Uh, so you'll be able to get, you know, some more great content there, hopefully. Fuck yeah, brother. Uh, what's the name of the podcast going to be? My cart show so far. Oh, that's keep it simple, dude. We went through three <laughs> title changes and landed on Kyle Kingsbury podcast. Like, we don't need anything else. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. Awesome, brother. Dude, thank you so much for coming out here. Thanks so much for being on the show. And it's been a pleasure working out with you and spending time with you today. It was uh, really difficult to work out with you today, but I definitely still appreciate it. And thank you so much for having the podcast. I really wanted to come on and, and uh, I'm really, really happy that, that I did. Okay. Yeah, thank you, brother. Thank you guys for listening to the show with Dr. Mike Hart. Let me know what you think at kingsboo.com. Sign up for my monthly newsletter. All that good shit. Check out my boys, onefarm.com slash Kyle for 15% off all of their amazing CBD products. And we'll see you guys in a week. Take care.